Hey, is this thing on? Lance, Nick, ready? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Live Free and Hunt podcast. What is up, everyone? Uh, We just want to thank you for all the positive feedback we've been getting from this podcast. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or even Podbean and YouTube, uh, hit that like and subscribe button. That would help us out a lot. Uh, Follow us along on Instagram and Facebook and uh, check out what we got going on. Uh, We're going to have some good media this year, and uh, we just appreciate all the support from you all. Uh, Thanks again, everyone. We got episode six coming at you. We got a guy out of Vermont. His name is Will Smith. Uh, Pretty avid hunter. Loves to get out in the woods and hunt pretty much anything he can. Um, We got this set up today. We're driving around in a truck. uh, Back roads in western Vermont, in New Hampshire, sorry, western New Hampshire. And uh, we're going to see if we can record this in the truck. It's going to be something new. We're going to try it out, but... uh, Stay with us as we just shoot the breeze on the mics. Um, Let's get to it. You're like a bad deck of cards that loves to lose. You don't listen to me and I don't want you to. Cause we sure have fun throwing my money away. You're all in and I'm all broke Another paycheck down the drain Alright guys, we are back at this um, I'm with uh, Will Smith here, not the actor, but an avid hunter and Hello. fisherman not that dark <laughs> He's out of Vermont actually, but we're over here in Lime, Maine uh, We got a podcast set up in a truck, it's pretty sweet So, uh don't mind if you hear any bumps or anything else going on but uh yeah we went out on some tracks today try to get on some coyotes didn't happen but we did hit some old rabbit covers yeah and we're successful yeah came out with a couple rabbits so that was fun definitely a man it feel great to have a gun again be back in the woods <laughs> oh, yeah definitely but uh will um we'd like to hear how you got into hunting and just how you grew up doing it all right. Um, well, geez, I uh, I grew up pretty much hunting absolutely everything. Oh, there's a turkey, turkey right, right there. Here. Nice it's a hen. Single hen. Yeah. What's that? Single hen. Yeah. Big hen. Oh no, there's one no. right there. Drop down. Oh yeah, there's oh, a flock a right one. there. Yeah. Nice flock. Um. But yeah, you grew up in in Vermont. Yeah, I grew up in southern Vermont. Um pretty much every season that that was we were able to hunt we were doing it and uh you know growing up it was always a lot of small game and uh i'd have to say my first first deer hunt that i ever went on with uh, with my father you know i wasn't carrying a gun i was just carrying a bb gun at the time and uh oh yeah you know we ended up seeing some deer and I was hooked ever since. Um, 
I mean, we uh, we didn't travel much when I was younger to hunt, so it was all around all around Vermont. But uh, as like we got old, as I got older, started traveling to uh, New Hampshire and Maine. Um, I started hunting Massachusetts at the age of 16, and been doing hunting all those states pretty much ever since. Every year you hunt every state, huh? Uh, to the best of my ability, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, just depending on work and everything else. Yeah, so you grew up in a family of hunters, like your uh, your grandparents, like you were, or your saw your grandfather hunted, your dad. Right, great grandfather like was a big hunter. Grandfather was a hunter. So they run hounds. Uh, my great grandfather, he always had rabbit hounds. He always ran across of uh, uh, plots and beagles because he wanted the long legs, but he wanted the nose of the beagle. Yeah. And yep. uh, I mean, he he was one of those families that the barn would always have snowshoes hanging. People from town because. Uh, he was actually down in uh, southern New Hampshire. People would come into the barn any time of the day. They'd grab a few snowshoes off the rack. Really? And just, you know, it was no shit, there huh? for the taking. There's usually a deer hanging every fall or a couple. So people would just come in the barn, yep. grab a hare, yep. just, to, just to cook it up. Just no shit. It was just like, you know, they, crazy, they knew yeah. he'd always have rabbits hanging or partridge hanging, deer hanging. They'd come over and take some. And, that is freaking awesome. Yep. Now, I know a little bit of your background history uh, with work and stuff. I met Will in uh, Vermont pheasant hunting. He uh, he had two dogs. Well, he's, he still has two dogs, technically. You're right. <laughs> I do still have two. One's with me. <laughs> but, yeah, sorry. No, that was yeah, that was kind of weird. Uh, but yeah. My ex-girlfriend has the other yeah. dog. I'll just put it that way. So the pheasant hunting, I uh, met uh, Will pheasant hunting in his... I think as uh, management or, yeah, uh, what, what did we say earlier? What kind of work are, are you in? Um, uh, well, natural, it's, uh, well, it's forestry and natural resource management. Yes, and I thought that was interesting. I'd like for you to go into a little bit of detail of what's that all about and what you guys are trying to accomplish with your work. Sure. It's just, it, I think it's interesting. Sure. Definitely. So um, my brother uh, owns uh, Northeast Natural Resource Management. Uh, we travel, God, I'd have to say, I guess, five states now, um, doing everything from forest management plans, uh, uh, wildlife habitat, um, you know, logging, um, you know, shelter, wood, every, everything to do with, with uh, cutting and habitat cuts, food plots, um, we're into excavation now, so we can truly take, you know, a spot on the top of a mountain and turn that into a food plot, you know, from start to finish. So it's pretty cool. And the whole awesome. thing, you know, behind what we do is we want to grow bigger and better animals, you know, bigger turkeys, bigger deer, better horn mass, everything. Are those, uh, what five states I'm guessing? Oh, uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, and a little bit in Connecticut. Excuse me. Do you go over in New York at all? Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, New York. So oh, I guess sorry. it'd be no, six days. Sure. No, New York. So it's hard for me to keep track. We travel so much. Oh, yeah. I bet you that's a freaking <laughs> that job right there. You're never home. You're just always on the road. The closest job, I think, uh, it's like an hour from the house. So. Holy smoke. Nothing for us to go eight hours one way. Are you... Uh, you're big into turkey hunting, I see. Oh, love turkey hunting. I'll be I'll be posting pictures of Will and some of his animals he's uh, harvested over the past years. But uh, yeah, what 
What would you say is the hardest thing for you during turkey season? I'm, I don't know. Are you a running gun guy? Are you hunting fields or? I am. I was brought up, you know, running a gun. You always had, you know, we never really had any properties that were private. Everything was public land or it was farms that everybody else hunted. So we grew up, if you wanted to kill a bird, sometimes you'd get there at midnight and wait, wait you just out. sit in the truck and take a nap and you know the next guy pulls in and it's like oh shit there's you know a, there's a truck here yeah. okay you beat me this time but you know tomorrow i'm going to try and get here at, you know 11 or whatever so usually it's just the more spots the better for us you know if a bird's not hot we don't waste our time we just keep going 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 and uh i f- i find i probably killed most of my birds you know around nine ten o'clock in the morning yeah, I know uh, our last podcast, I don't know if you listened to it or not, but um, uh, Champa, Steve Champa, he was talking yep. about that. He said there is a lull when it comes to uh, hunting turkey, and I think he's right there with, um, you know, those birds are going to be busy right as they get down off the roost. If you don't kill one off the roost, right. you're definitely going to have to hang back and wait for those birds to free up, and yep. just like you said at that time frame. And it's usually a magical moment, like right about 9 o'clock, you know, start cutting hard somewhere in a new spot and bird lets out and it's usually quick you know it's not it's not something where you have to finesse a bird at that time usually by then they're just they're gonna come right in they don't have hens anymore hens around the nest so you do a lot of scouting um for turkeys i do like to roost as much as possible just you know time usually gets in the, oh, yeah. not enough time oh, but uh no, you're right no i mean if i can roost birds prior absolutely now when when you're running into when you're running and gunning, what is your biggest? What do you find yourself running into that's difficult for you while turkey hunting? As in, like, could it be that hand up bird, or I'm just trying to get some basic tips for people to come down. Everyone hunts different, and we like to hear what everyone has to say about right. the way they hunt. I would have to say too many hens in a flock. You know, too many hens for you know per gobbler. So you are you're working against you know the boss hen and uh, other hens that are on that gobbler um so that's why you know just getting good at calling and and trying to figure out what these birds are doing so that was a big bump so uh you can try and call that hen in because i've killed plenty of birds not calling the gobbler i'm calling the hen yeah calling right to the hen and you know pissing her off and getting her to come in and he'll he'll follow now what do you use slate more use mouth calls what do you do for calling um when we used to call competition, my brother still does a little bit, um, I always just use a diaphragm. And when I'm hunting, um, I find myself using, you know, pot calls, friction calls more than diaphragms. So Really? Yeah. How come? I'm um, curious. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I can, you can kill more birds. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just yeah. seems like I get more birds to answer off of a, you know, pot call or a slate than uh yeah, that's and I do off a diaphragm. No, yeah, I agree. Last this past year, we had a pretty decent season. We watched, you know, five birds hit the ground, and uh, I gotta say, my buddy Tyler, he's got that lucky. He isn't here, by the way. It's just me being uh, lonesome on the podcast. Nick and Nick and Ty are busy today, so uh, I decided to come over here and shoot the shit with Will. But uh, yeah, Tyler, like I was saying, he just ran that one slate call pretty much all season, with a little bit of mouth calling, and shit that. That got it done most of the time. It was just that lucky slate call of the year. They yeah. liked that call. Probably a lot of the birds, yeah. I mean, I always, I mean, I, I like to travel as late as possible, but I like to have plenty of calls because it seems like, 
you know, you get a bird to answer and, uh, you know, he shuts up, I'll throw, you know, something different, just see what works. And a lot of times he'll want something completely off the wall. And if I didn't have that call, I wouldn't have killed that bird. So. Right, right. Now, uh, after turkey season, what do you guys, like, now you're working most of the time. You're doing a lot of that management pieces and stuff right. like that and cutting. So I'm guessing during the summer season, you don't have a lot of time to actually go out, you know, for deer season scout. I don't know. Are you a big archery hunter? Uh, yeah, I love to bow hunt. Um, actually, I probably killed more deer with a bow than I have a rifle. But uh, it's just, and like I said, it's hard to find time to scout. I mean, any spare moment I, I have, I do. Um, uh, I used to run quite a few cameras, and the older I get, the more I just forget about the cameras. That's kind of what we're leaning to you know? this year. That's what... Just get out, you know, boots to the ground, start covering some area and and uh you know once you have your spots you go back to those spots and you should be able to pick right up where you left off right but i uh like you're saying yeah in the summer we're we're balls to the wall let's go 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 now um, to get back on your work sorry i was just had a I, I was just thinking of your work again now what do you what are you guys doing when it comes to cutting as in um are you guys logging, or are you just guys, like, slash and cut, making cover for, like, rabbit or something like that? Um, we've done everything from, um, you know, large, you know, contract cutting um, with fellow bunchers and skitters um, to hand, you know, chainsaw work up in Maine doing uh, uh, woodcock uh, strip cuts. So you're pretty much just creating um, woodcock cover, you know, by hand. Um, but, I mean pretty much everything from from heavy equipment to hand cutting we've we're doing it really so you just so it really is you're just dropping you're just dropping timber down making covers for the new for the animals right you know new regen you know new understory um usually a lot of mastery release um you know and then of course all the food plots that go along with it so some work right there especially what is it just you and your brother you yeah said? it's just just me oh, and my brother smokes. a lot of work to be done <laughs> it, it gets it so gets what time tiresome. of season does that end um we slow down usually right about september all right um, so right before archery season maybe. right yeah and you know we'll, we'll be kind of picking things off through september early october and then we try and take as much time as we can through november just um, to hunt or just uh just to hunt um and trap we love to trap i know uh i know your brother i think he's pretty just like you you're you guys are pretty good in the waterfowl too oh absolutely we i mean every year we make it so we at least hunt the first few days and uh you know try and get our fill of it before we have to do something else but yeah i mean early season you know honkers and and uh, then main season the ducks come on and the more of it the better any any season you know we we're trying to do it oh yeah definitely you guys field hunt more or field or uh i think you said pass shooting or yeah no we do a lot of pass shooting uh simply because you hunt for three hours you're done you don't pick up any decoys you run back to the truck you got all your stuff for work you go back to work 
Um, yeah, and that's just in this, you know, East Coast area. If you're not in New York, I think we talked, yeah, we talked about it earlier, driving around. It's, it's like you go over there, the birds are everywhere. All right. You're seeing the flyway. You come over here, and it's like, all right, I'm just shooting at family groups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Unless you find, you know, a decent, you know, migration path, somewhat of a migration path. Yeah, you get some kind of weather front. Oh, you yeah. You know, and it pushes, and you get lucky or something, but. Right. You just pretty much just resident birds <coughs> but no i mean we used to um you know my brother started uh vermont door connections guide service um when i was 15 i think and uh oh that's a big bump and uh you know we did a lot of guiding did a lot of waterfowl guiding turkeys um a little bit of deer and this is in vermont of course yep and uh you know we got a uh, trailer loaded decoys and did all the layout stuff and I don't know just the older we get it's like I just want to hunt we don't yeah. have time to you know we have time to hunt for ourselves so really so that's that's why you guys stopped doing it was because of the, the time to hunt pretty much yeah you just I don't know I mean I do love taking people out and I still will here and there my brother still guides a little bit turkeys and, and waterfowl here and there but we just I don't know it's sad, but I feel like I just want to hunt right. for me, you know. Nah, you're not really being selfish. <laughs> it's just you're, you're doing, you know, you've got a life too, so it's definitely hard. So, so uh, let's take a sense. Since we're coming up on the turkey hunting, um, I know I'm just kind of jumping around here. Sure. But um, now for a beginner hunter that's never hunted before or that's just getting into hunting, mm -hmm. what would you say, what would you do from start to finish they getting that bird in and uh, killing it. Start to finish, okay. So, like, starting off, I guess, with scouting. Sure, yeah. Season. I would, uh, I mean, obviously you need your chunk of property that has some birds on it. you got to be where they are. And then I would um, get a pair of binoculars and figure out where these birds are roosting. And once you figure out where they're roosting, figure out where they like to fly down in the morning. Then now, where you're hunting over there in Vermont... Correct. Is that more fields or um, still? Where I am, up up where I am now, um, it's not a lot of fields. It's mainly woods birds, mountain birds, um, and they are a little bit more tricky, but a lot more satisfying when you shoot one. Oh, um, yeah. I just I try and make sure that I'm where that bird wants to go, or at least close to where he's roosting. Um, Oh, God, it's hard with these bumps. And, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of times I won't do a fly-down cackle, um, maybe some soft tree calls, you know, right as the birds are waking up just to let him know that there's another, you know, there's a hen roosted nearby or something. But other than that, I let him hit the ground and let him tell me what I need to do. So, I mean, if he flies down and he's hot, you know, let out a few nice soft yelps, and if he responds, shut up. Let him see if he's going to come in after that little bit. And if not, get back on it. And, oh, my God, that's a crater. Oh. And. Uh, I can't believe how bad the roads are. <laughs> it's bad. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll kill him right off the roost like that. And if not, if hens are taking him away, you know, get. A lot of times I'll put a diaphragm in and I'll have, uh, you know, a slate or a glass call. And I'll be running both. Get that hen pissed off and get her to come in and kill him that way and 
one thing I've learned over the years is if you don't kill him that day, don't screw it up, you know, just because you're anxious or, you know, you want to rush over there to try and kill him. Just wait. Unless you got a lot of competition, I would just wait and uh, go back the next day and, and try a different angle on him. Really? Yeah, I've yeah, actually, you got a good point there. I've never even heard of anyone even say that yet. But, yeah, definitely. So, uh, that's after you're talking. So, you're back in the scouting. You're scouting woods. What kind of woods are you looking for? Are you looking for the tall pines? Or are you looking for the oaks? Or you know, It depends on where you are. But, yeah, I mean, usually big red oaks, um, big white oaks, white pines. You know, those are generally what you're going to be finding them roosting in. <clears throat> I mean, unless you're like a sugar bush or something, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if you if you can find where the birds are flying down, you got half the battle done. Yeah, in my eyes. You but, want a decoy uh, at all? Um, I always bring decoys, but I find I don't use them all that often. Yeah, it's just probably easier than something else that you don't have to carry with you. You know, I always have them just in case because I have had instances where. You know, you're working a bird, and it is in, like, a field situation, and he pops his head up over and at 100 yards or whatever and looks, and there's no hen. You know, and this bird's been either shot at or called to, you know, the bejesus. So now I know when he pops his head back down and he's not coming in, I'll sneak up, throw a decoy out, and if I can get him to pop his head back over one more time, he usually comes running in. Nice. You run in a vest, I'm guessing, you carry around a vest, or you just throw calls in pockets, or? Uh, I bought a vest at Walmart when I was, like, 18 for $30, and I've been running that ever since. Since, yeah. No, no need to change. No. No. But I do. I carry a lot of calls. I usually carry three decoys. And it's, it's not a light setup, but it just, I feel like I have to be prepared for, you know, any situation, so. So after uh, after scouting, like we talked about, finding the trees, the roost trees, and everything. What do you? I'm guessing you get there early, like you said. Even you park, you know, at midnight sometimes, and then take a nap in the truck. <laughs> Just <laughs> if you know there's going to be a lot of competition certain situations. I try not to, but in certain situations, you got you know the same three guys hunting, you know, the same two gobblers, and it's like you just got to beat them. But right. no, get there early, and. Uh, you know, get in the woods and and make sure that you're set up and, and, and ready to go before the woods start waking up. How far do you think you set up from? Uh, I've I've killed birds where I've sat right underneath the roost tree, snuck in and sat right under the roost tree and waited for them to fly down, and I've shot birds where I can only get, you know, 100 yards from them. Yeah, I guess it all depends 150 on the yards from them. All depends on the train. Right. Time. It's too open, yeah, sometimes it's hard to sneak in there at night. Should I say what uh, what town we're in? Uh, we're coming into uh, Canaan. The roads over here are freaking ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe, I've never seen such a beat up road. Yeah, I've, I've been on logging roads way better than this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for a three quarter ton truck You're too. talking, we're talking 12 mile an hour for the past <laughs> almost 30 minutes we've been driving. That's oh. how beat up the roads are over here. Oh, this is bad. I didn't think it was going to be this bad or else I wouldn't have taken it. So, yeah, so uh, turkey hunting and oh. summer season. So 
you said you hunt in the same spots for archery season and everything. Um, you do waterfowl. What about uh, deer tracking? You, uh... Oh, love to track deer. That's, you know, growing up shooting deer with a bow, that was my passion. You know, that was, I'd rather shoot deer with a bow than anything. And then um, when I moved to New Hampshire, I started tracking because we just had snow down where I grew up. We didn't have snow usually for rifle season. It was kind of a rarity. So coming up here, having snow during rifle season, I started tracking and now that is what I have fallen in love with. I wouldn't, I would do just that and take everything away if I could. Give us some stories and some tips. Um, oh, well, the buck I shot 2018, um, actually where we just, <laughs> where we were just rabbit hunting, um, I cut his track, I'm going to say probably 300 yards from the truck, and I could tell, you know, I'll, you know, that's the beauty of tracking. You can judge a deer. You know, you can say, oh, you know, that deer's 150 pounds, or, you know, deer's 180 pounds, or holy shit, that deer's over 200 pounds. I saw that track, and I'm like, eh, he's probably 170, 180 maybe. And I almost didn't take it, and uh, I'm like, no. This is a nice fresh track. I'm going to get on it. And that deer took me a little over a mile and brought me right back around to just about where I parked. And that's where he bedded. I came into um, this little balsam thicket. And he bedded once and got up and fed. And I'm like, yep, we're slowing down. It's time to really you know, go into still hunting mode. Just slow, 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 looking, looking, looking. And... He bedded again and got back up and started feeding. I'm like, yep, he's going to be bedding here, you know, for a while. I'm gonna, it's going to be within 100 yards. And uh, I think I went like another 60 yards, and I came through this thicket, and being as quiet as I could, but I came through this thicket a little loud, and I heard something in front of me, and then I heard a grunt. And what it was was he jumped out of his bed, and when he jumped out of his bed, he um, grunted. And I'm like, oh, that's, weird. that's different. And I can't see anything through this balsam thicket, but all of a sudden uh, catch a little bit of movement. He's 10 yards from me, and all I can see is a little piece of antler, and he's, his, his head's kind of just barely moving back and forth. He's trying to figure out what I am. So I took a can call, and I left it in my pocket, and I tipped it. And, uh, you know, the man. Yeah. And he turned his head slightly, and I'm like, okay this is where your body is and I pulled down through and shot and he took off running shucked another shell and shot again and you know just finding brown in the scope ended up hitting him right behind the ear really <laughs> holy came, smokes how'd he get that <laughs> came out his right eye <laughs> I ran up there and he's kicking and it's like it's kind of like that that movie uh Castaway, you know, yeah. Wilson, yeah. when he makes fire for the first time. Yeah. And he's like, I made fire. I was like, I shot this fucking deer. It's like yeah. beautiful. But uh, yeah, he was a beauty. He ended up having a spike on his left side that was just a big bladed spike where he busted his main beam off and then grew like his, his brow tine to about a foot. And then his right side, uh, the main beam was over 20 inches. Um, 
a beauty side of eight, but or beauty side of four, he would have made a beauty eight. His horns probably would have crossed in the in the middle. He's really? a tight rack, but yeah. How much he weigh? Um, one sixty two. So no, I was a little under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good estimate. <clears throat> no, that's awesome. If you could give anyone a tip on tracking, what would it be? Don't be afraid to take smaller tracks. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't be after just that two hundred pound track. If you come across a deer track and you're like, I'm not sure if this is a buck or a doe, but it looks like a heavy track, get on it and just start learning. Because the more you follow tracks, the more you learn about deer, their feeding habits, their travel routes, and, you know, it's all things that you can go back to even if you don't have snow. And you just learn that these little corridors are here. And a lot of times in a chunk of property you've been hunting for years, you don't learn these things until you've been tracking deer through them. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, definitely. That's a, especially for someone that's uh, beginning into tracking and everything. That's, I bet you that's the best tip right there is just to get on any track and that deer will end up bringing you to another track. Right. You just keep on going and going. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of the bigger tracks I've gotten on are, are not the original track I was on. It was, you know, a mile or two on this, you know, smaller buck track and all of a sudden a 200 pounder shows up. So, right. Now, like I said, I'm just jumping around over here, and uh, you said you trap too? Yeah, we, we love to trap. How'd you get into trapping? Um, my father trapped in his uh, late teens, early 20s, and got out of it. And when I was, I don't know, I think I was 14, um, my, brother, my brother and I, eight, 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 ugh, eight years apart, and he wanted to learn how to trap, and it's like absolutely i want to learn too so i'm good <laughs> so uh my father said well i think i still have some old traps down in the cellar let's let's get them out and you know and start boiling them and we'll all learn again so that's how we got got into it and ever since then um you know i took some years riding trap my brother traps you know religiously every year really yeah what do you guys just, are you, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Management? Uh, I, can't, I don't even know what the word for it right now, what I want to say. Um, do it for work or do you uh, just do it for pleasure? Or um, well, when I was 16, I had a uh, animal control business. I trapped nuisance beavers and um, nuisance muskrats and skunks and possums and stuff like that. But uh, for now, it's, you know, we'll do some nuisance work yeah nuisance that was the word but for the most part we love oh my god <laughs> i think we almost rolled the truck <laughs> for now uh we just really love uh canine trapping coyotes fox bobcats um and this is in vermont can't trap you know, bobcats in new hampshire but uh and of course you know water trapping love getting beavers muskrats mink uh, but not really any any nuisance trapping anymore Really? How come? Just with work and stuff? Yeah, it's just finding time. I mean, you got to be there, you know, when people need it done, and and uh, a lot of times it's got to be on our schedule. So. Wow, that's tough. I can't believe these freaking roads. I'm gonna say it again <laughs> because I can't believe how crappy these roads are. Oh, and this car behind me wants to do like 50. Oh yeah, no way. I don't know how you could do 50 on this road. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, you know, this year, my brother got, uh, what did he get? Coyote, 
um, gray fox. I'm sorry, red fox. Um, yeah, what else you got? You got a bunch of beavers. Uh, Mink, couple coon, couple coon, and we don't we don't set for coon. That's usually just you know an accident yeah. catch. You know coon sets or fox sets or coyote sets or fox sets. But uh, and these are all traps that he set just around his property. Yeah, really, you know, just a handful. And we didn't really go out and, and set a lot of property this year. So is it is it worth it? I guess if you're not really doing it for the pleasure, is it worth it? With uh, absolutely the, not. Yeah, with the price <laughs> of the hides and everything. No. And, I got into it a little bit. I got my license and stuff like that, and uh, I just can't believe how much it is that you got to put into trapping, as in filling out paperwork, sending it into fishing game. Right. That's that's for New Hampshire, but right, and you do you have to do that for Vermont too. I'm not sure to that extent, but you do have to send in some paperwork about what you did trap and traps out and things. Yeah, the traps out and stuff like that. It's almost like you you got to send in for a bear bait every time you want to set. All right, right. It's crazy how much you have to put into it. No, like uh, this year, you know, we plan to do a lot more trapping, um, and you know, like what we used to do when I was younger was set a line and duck hunt in the morning. Check your water sets while you're duck hunting. Get done duck hunting mid morning. Go set your, or go check your land sets, and after you check land sets, go hop in a bow stand. Holy smokes, that's a, so, that's a filled day right there. <laughs> you know, if you do it right, you should have pictures with plenty of critters. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I bet it is. Do you get over, did you hunt in uh, New Hampshire at all this year? Oh, yeah, you shot that buck this year in New Hampshire. But did you, uh, did you, what you kill this year for uh, deer or turkeys or what? Um... In an intersection here. I got uh, I got a nice gobbler in the spring. Um, what are you weighing at? Oh, he was a light bird. He was an old bird, but he was light. I think he was 19 pounds, 18, yep. just under 19 pounds, yep. something like that. He had a he had a stubby beard, eight and a half inch beard, but he had inch and a quarter spurs. Oh wow! Um, and uh, oh, shot a few coyotes. Uh, one in Massachusetts. That was a big, big dog. She she went 38 pounds. Was that all in the snow? Was that that picture? Yeah, seen? that yeah. was a huge dog. Yeah, and I should have shot the male that was in front of her. And I was thinking I was gonna, you know, shoot this massive buck. And I'm like, you stupid ass. Why don't you shoot the coyote? And then all yeah. of a sudden she came running through the same trail, so I shot her. But uh-huh. uh, shot a nice, well, not nice, but a little coyote with a bow uh, in New Hampshire, and uh, shot a four-pointer in Massachusetts with a slug gun. You hunt Mass much? I, yeah, I think I saw that picture of you. Yeah, no, every, every year, every year, I may have missed a couple of years, but every year uh, since I was 16. 16? Yep. Been hunting all those states. Um, That's a busy hunting season. <laughs> no time for we, a girlfriend. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> they come and go. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's no time right there but like uh this year we planned to go to maine and bought a license have everything everything planned and then started moonlighting moonlighting as a carpenter and all of a sudden now i can't hunt maine so really <laughs> yeah what area in maine were you guys gonna go up to um we usually go oh, you don't have to say it if you don't no know. no no we usually hunt southern maine Zone. okay southern maine yeah um but this year i was planning on going up north and tracking yeah and like I said, it just 
more work and less time. So that's always how it goes. <laughs> always how it goes. What do you feel like? Uh, um, have we been seeing more coyotes in the woods or bobcat? I saw the most coyotes I've ever seen this year. Really? Yeah. Um, and luckily got a couple of them. So. How about bobcats? Have you seen a bunch of bobcats in Vermont? Um, you know, I didn't see any bobcats in Vermont. I did see one in New Hampshire. What's the what's for turkeys? What is the what's the limit for turkeys in Vermont? Can uh, you shoot two birds in the spring, one in the fall. Oh wow! Okay. And you can shoot, you know, your two gobblers, you know, with with one shot if you want. So. Oh, okay, so you don't have to register one then. No. Nope. Okay. No. Nope. That's awesome. That's awesome. Finally got a decent road here. I was just gonna say. <laughs> so yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> you, so, huh? You look uncomfortable. Yeah, well, no, my uh, the mount fell off where we had it mounted, <laughs> so I'm holding the mic now, like I'm a news newscaster. So, uh, what town are we in now? Still in Canaan, I believe. guys uh spring goose hunt at all um snow goose hunt? no we haven't done that in a long time uh they came out with that spring snow season there and right about that time the migration wasn't really coming through um addison as much as it used to and just haven't just haven't been to it um love to go out to new york at some point it sounds like or it looks like they've been slaughtering them this year um i'm not so much this year but last year i saw tons of pictures um a couple of guide services out there they were just killing tons of snows on the border of champlain All right yeah over there yeah i've hunted over there it's crazy how many birds fly through there you know it's you know they put uh, tube extensions on the shotguns oh, yeah. and Un unplugged and uh you know electric collars and <clears throat> no, I I would love to do it, but again, time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about and give any tips to anyone? Um, this doesn't have to be a super long podcast. It's no. Just me and you, just shooting shit. I'd be curious how it comes out in this bumpy road. Ah, they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be fine. What are you gonna do for hunting this year? You said you said uh, now you're not going to Maine, but purchase all your tags oh yeah you shot a bear this past year oh no 2018 2018 yeah yeah um you do do bear hunting though yeah no we bear hunt every year my brother's uh more of the bear hunter in the family he usually gets one just about every year in vermont um i passed on one on a bear uh bow season this past year um which ended up being a bigger bear than i thought when i replayed the video uh i thought it was about 100 pounds and i think it probably would have dressed 160 170 pounds but uh no i got that bear that was a corn corn piece bear it was uh he was eating a bunch of corn and the farmer wanted him gone and ended up getting lucky so that's awesome that's awesome definitely he, is. he dressed 160. 160 and then they killed another one off that farm that dressed 200. the same year same it was two days later oh really and then just down the road a piece um they killed one that dressed over three wow yeah wow a lot of bear in that area and that's so. in vermont you said yeah 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 Damn. do you uh do you bait at all um 
we used to um, uh, help run baits in uh, Maine and did that for a couple of years. That was a lot of fun. Um, my brother had his own bait in Maine a couple of years and uh, killed a couple of bears doing it. But uh, we haven't baited in, in a long time. It'd be fun, you know, just to get up there and, and get back into it, run a few, you know, not a lot, but run a few baits and, and, uh, and actually trap a bear. That was, that was, that's something on my brother's bucket list is to uh, get up to Maine since they're the last day you can trap bear in. That is, they are? They're the last state? The last state. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's snare only. And uh, it Man, has I to... bet you that's hard to do. Oh. Holy smokes. It's something that he's been wanting to do for a long time, and I have a feeling this year or next year he's going to do it. So. Holy smokes, you got to snare a bear. Yeah, it's uh, and you do it just like you're setting up to... You know, shoot them with a rifle or a bow. You set up your bait station. Good to set up a camera and figure out what you got for bears coming in. And once you figure out the bear that's coming in that you want, you know, you set your snare. And uh, it has to be what? It has to be ground level or below ground level. Don't quote yeah, me. I don't know the hundred percent uh, rules. <clears throat> you know, that's your bear. That's your Holy for the smokes. season. I wonder why they're the last state that can trap a bear. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you knew any history. No, I mean, <clears throat> I, I know they're they're working hard to to stop it right now. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah there's. I, I mean, the that. antis are just. Yeah. It's getting bad, but uh, I know that they're the last state, and there's a lot of people fighting to to keep it going. So. Now your bird dogs, you got you got a German short hair. Yeah, I got Ace, uh, my German short hair pointer. Uh, I. He's the one you run with now. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The other one's older. Yeah. I had a setter. Um, How'd you get into that? How'd you get into, you know, working with dogs? God, <sighs> to see a dog work with anything, hounds oh, or bird dogs. Love it. There's nothing oh, better. When we went pheasant hunting, I'm like, I could watch this dog work yeah. all day. Yeah. It's almost like mesmerizing. Yeah. Um, got into birds, you know, running dogs with over birds uh, when I was 19. I just always wanted a, a pointer because growing up we always had labs and and retrievers and i wanted a pointer so i i bought ace when i was 19 self-trained him um started him off on on quail and chuckers and uh did you raise the quail and chuckers um i actually found a guy who was raising them not too far from me and and he has short hairs and i kind of picked his brain over it a little bit and he's like well you know i'll i'll basically give you some quail to start him off with because this is you know you're not gonna find a better dog for this you know the sport so he gave me some quail and started training with those and uh, I ended up actually throwing him into grouse I think a little early um, and not keeping him with keeping him on birds that hold yeah um, and now he's he's an old dog now and he holds a lot better but when he was younger he got to the point where he learned grouse don't like to hold very long and he'll give you about 30 seconds of pointing before he's like no dad i'm going in yeah right <laughs> so you know luckily I, I trained him to work close and shot a lot of birds over him clients shot a lot of birds over him um and on pheasants he's he's dynamite because pheasants don't like to flush too early so but uh no if i could if I could do it differently, I'd definitely make sure my dog would hold better. That's the only downfall of him. But he's a good dog, great nose. 
and uh what you find in the hardest part of training was i'm just kind of curious oh steady to shot steady to shot yeah steady to wing and shot really yeah he just (laughs) it was my own screw up i was young when i trained him and he just learned that no the bird flushes i I gotta go you know (laughs) so uh, next dog i will make sure that he's steady to wing and shot for sure you definitely uh you gonna get another short hair or uh another bird dog yeah boy i don't know i i don't know if i'd have another short hair a setter or if i would uh get into beagles and start running running rabbits every winter i'm torn i can't figure out which one i would get that, so what we did today was we hit a cover, a rabbit cover, now that you brought up rabbits. But I can't believe how many, you know, sign was in that one piece. Oh, my God, yeah. We just pushed through that piece just like if we were the dog, obviously, and uh, we ended up shooting two, two rabbits. I'll, pull, I'll pull, post a picture up for you guys so you can take a look at it. But, yeah, I definitely had a blast coming up here. I wish, I wish the other guys could have came too. And yeah. Probably, but... Hey, things happen. I'm glad I still was able to make it up here. For sure, man. But yeah, man. Um, this is going to be a super long podcast. Just kind of want to pick your brain a little bit on things you do and the sure. way you hunt. But uh, if you have anything else to say, go ahead and say it. Um, like, uh, if you if you could leave today, just giving a tip to everyone that's in the hunting communi- uh, community, what would that one tip be? If it could relate to turkey on, relate to deer or whatever you'd like. Uh, one thing I go by with any hunting is, you know, never stop. Always have drive, you know. Um, doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're you're tracking, you're hunting birds, either way, you know, you're going to be times where you're tired or you don't want to do it, but you keep getting after them. It's not over until the season's over and then you got to wait one more one more year and you do it again so (laughs) so just keeping at it yeah never slow down oh man did you see that bird oh those are uh never mind domestic turkeys (laughs) i was gonna say that thing is a tank in someone's front lawn oh man that thing had to be over 30 pounds i think it was a pig but uh yeah so um all right everyone uh stay tuned for our next podcast coming up in march so uh thanks again will Thanks, Lance. Yeah, thanks, buddy. See ya. Yeah, baby, when we're together, it's like Vegas times three. But in the morning, I'll know better. Cause you're so bad, so bad for me. Like a sip of wine Leads me to drink You're my gateway drug I'm starting to think It's gonna take much more than Just 12 steps So call Betty Ford Call Dr. Drew Save me a bed Cause in a month or two I wanna quit you girl Just not yet Yeah, baby, when we're together You're the only drug I need
so bad, so bad for me Bailing down the road past these city lights You got your hands on the wheel and look in your eye Ask myself, is it time to slow down? But the night's still young, we're full of gas Credit cards in my pocket with some limit left in We got friends in the next town Yeah, baby, when we're together It's like Vegas times three So bad, so bad for me So bad, so bad for me Oh, cause you're so bad, so bad for me Cause you're so bad